and welcome back. Episode number 70 of the New York Rangers podcast in partnership with Inside the Rink. I'm your host, Jacob Berkowitz, and I'm alongside my co-host, Brett Onluka. And today, we're going to be discussing the Hedo extension, the Miller projected extension, as well as the first period problems for the Rangers. But first, just want to let you guys know to go to InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN to subscribe to ESPN Plus to watch games and more. And yeah, let's get to it. Apologies, just one more thing totally forgot to mention that unfortunately, and we never usually do this, due to a scheduling conflict we had to record before the Washington game. Yeah, sure, the kids played incredible in Lafreniere with a highlight real goal. It was incredible. But again, these are meaningless games, not a lot to break down from these. And we were talking about big picture stuff in this episode. But yeah, just figured I'd let you guys know. And yeah, let's get to it. And we are back. It is way too early to be doing this. Guys, how's it going? Welcome, welcome, welcome back. Let's go. Phil Peel signed an extension. The Rangers lost to the Devils on purpose just to rope-a-dope them in the playoffs. I'm feeling pretty good, boys. How you doing? That, that, that was pretty enthusiastic, I got to say. I, look, you know, I, I've heard a lot of people, like, uh, complain about – not complain, but, like, you know, I listened to a few other podcasts, and one guy was, like, yelling about how, like, oh, the Devils – you know, you got to give them more credit, and you do. But, like, in no way, shape, or form am I going to sit here and say that, like, that loss – look, the Rangers didn't play great, The, the especially the goal on the power play was just so bad. Um, like, between VC and Schneider, you got to figure out what the hell you're doing um, and your gap integrity and, and, and you're on the, on the penalty kill and everything. Um, you got to have more cohesiveness. But – they didn't have Lindgren. Um, and also, like, I'm not concerned about regular I, – I, this is the thing. I Especially after last season, I am not concerned about regular season series when you lost to the Carolina Hurricanes four games in a row last year, and then you beat them in game seven in Carolina. And Carolina is supposed to have the greatest home ice advantage in the Eastern Conference. You know what I mean? Like, enough. I don't I don't care. Uh, talk to me when it comes to the playoff time. Talk to me when, uh, you know, it's Vicek, Vanacek versus Igor Shosturkin, uh, and then we'll go from there. Uh, but on another happier news, Philip Edle signed a four-year, 4.3 and, like, 17 other decimals uh, million-dollar deal. Um, there's so many things to talk about with this deal. One, the term, the length and the actual money that he's getting, the AAV, is so good for this team. Um, he, Because you got to look at uh, what you're paying for your second and third line center. And basically, you can combine his and Trocek's uh, contract, and you're paying – you, you almost got to look at like what you're paying at certain positions and, and – you're paying about nine million, a little bit more, and change for the second and third line centers. And at some point, I think the reason why I say it like that is because you're they're not second and third line centers. I feel like you have two third, two second lines in a way. Um, and I feel like whoever whoever the coach is next year, because I it's very very dicey who who, who it is at this point. Um, you know, I think you'll see that they they they're there's, they're not going to be beholden to anything right now. Um, but he obviously is having a career year over 20 goals over. He has the most goals, most assists, everything right now. He's playing great. Um, you obviously want more production out of him and the rest of the kids, but, uh, he's had a great year and I love the, I love what jury did locking him up early because not only do you lock him up early, 
now you only have to re-sign uh, Lafreniere and uh, Miller as RFAs because if it got to the point where you had to re-sign all three of them and Miller and, and Heedle are probably the two more complicated ones, you could potentially run the risk of an offer sheet happening at, at a certain point because of the cap space crunch that the Rangers are going to be having in a little bit. Um, so this is a huge deal because the Lafreniere contract should be fairly simple. It should be similar to what uh, Cabo Caco got. Um, I feel like that should be the, the baseline model that they go after with Laf. Um, So if that's the case, it's just, it should be like a $2 million deal, two years, something along those lines. Uh, and then Miller, uh, I know we're going to talk about it in a little bit, uh, but I, I think Miller's going to come in. I don't know. I don't know the the term, the years. It depends um, also but, if they go with the bridge deal or the long-term deal, because that changes it so much. Oh, for sure. I, but I think if because they do, he has no arbitration rights. Yeah. I think if they do something in the four year range in, in the uh, same vein that they did with Heedle, uh, I think you're probably going to see something uh, 4.7 to, to 5 million in that range. Um, and if that's the case, then I would be dancing all over everywhere, just blasting Whitney Houston, just dancing with your dogs, your, your cats, whatever. So that's all I got. I'm, I'm going to pass out now. Yeah. Uh, for the listeners, I mean, literally uh, like two seconds before we hit record, uh, you know, I, I thought Luca was dead to the world. And he's like, no, 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 I got something. And then, like, his tone of voice, your tone of voice changed immediately. Like, as soon oh, as that red light's on, you're like, boom, performing on. And then you're like, you're like, you didn't have anything five seconds before we started. Then you're like, oh, yeah, I, I got it. I got it. And then, like, uh, just, just a classic long rant. I love it. I just blacked out. What happened? You did. Yeah, it really <laughs> was. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was great. It was great. Um, yeah, the one thing I wanted to, uh, one of the things I want to address what you said was yeah, uh, these losses mean absolutely nothing. Um, I want to give him credit, but NYR Louie on, on Twitter pointed out that the Avs lost six of their last seven games last year. This shit doesn't matter. And it happens all the time. And then somebody else had a good comment too, and I can't remember who it was, but I love that. They, that when you have when when games don't matter anymore and you lack the games lack urgency. It's like you're going to be – I mean, this especially hockey at this level, just being not even a half step behind, being a quarter step behind is the difference between winning a battle and not, keeping puck in, in the zone or not, breaking up a play or not. Um, and when you know the games don't really matter, it's hard to play with that full-on urgency to keep up with every single thing. And then you're playing a team like the Devils, uh, you know, who I think – if we play them in the playoffs, we are going to have to play at our our full abilities, especially with their their speed and uh, and stopping them from uh, retaliating on missteps in the neutral zone, attack and counterattacking us because that's what they fucking do. Um, but that, but that's I'm not the worried thing, about it. That's the thing though. That game, right? We know that was the Devils at their best. Yeah, but we know that that wasn't the Rangers at their best. Exactly, and they only, and they only lost two to one. And now is on top of. They didn't allow the devil's goal after the first period. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you kind of take that game. I, I mean, personally for me, you kind of take that game as a positive. Obviously, it sucks. Even even if it's the end of the regular season, just as a fan, it sucks when you lose to a team like that. But 
it, it, there's no reason to, to evaluate it based off of one game. And so close to the playoffs where it's clear that the Rangers are literally just dragging themselves to the finish line. And no, yeah. no Lindgren, no Lindgren is a huge and, and no thing. Uh, this is such an interesting thing, and I want to bring this up right now since we're talking about the Devils. Do you guys – it's so weird. I don't think I've ever encountered this in my life where the Devils maybe – might. It's, I feel like the Devil Rangers series is going to be a pick You know, I feel like it's, it's really going to be like – I don't think there's going to be like a favorite. Uh, I think people might lean towards the Devils just because they're the higher seed, and that's fine whatever, but have you ever come across where the higher seed, the proverbial favorite in a first-round series uh, is the favorite in that series, but the team that's not favored has a better chance of winning the cup? Like, I don't see the Devils winning the cup this year. I could see the Rangers winning the cup. You know what I mean? It's very interesting. It's like I feel like the Devils could win a few rounds, but I don't think they're going to go past the, the – like, at – best the conference finals i don't think they're getting out of this the east no uh, I, I could see the rangers doing something just because the way their team is built the makeup of the team the defense the goalie uh and the well-rounded offense the devils are a great team and i'm not trying to shit on them i i, I actually do fucking really respect them they are a fun team to watch if they weren't the fucking devils um and i love jack hughes like it's just it's awesome when you see an american-born player just fucking literally pick up his leg and piss on the ice. Yeah, I don't think that matters, but whatever. No, I I, I do. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding because I'm not American. No. Uh, okay, yeah. Because <laughs> I, I love I, I love the Olympics, and I always, like, love, like, thinking about, like, you know, like, the potential, like, rosters down the line. Oh, and, my God. You know what I mean? Like, and obviously, like, Canada's always, like, Well, you it depends know, if the like, NHL screws it up again. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like. No, but I feel like I don't know where's the next Winter Olympics in Italy. I feel like they're they're gonna. Ooh, speaking of the NHL screwing up again, last week when we had Greg Kaplan on, and then we were talking about like what the NHL does wrong and just how they're so oblivious to it. And then literally the next day, it was reported that they had an idea to have all thirty-two teams playing like one night or something, or like it was during a span of a couple of days or something, and it was just. I don't know. It was just cherry on top after that because holy cow, I, I I don't understand the logic of the NHL sometimes. I'm sorry, I, I'm going off topic here, ranting. Yeah, no, I don't even know uh, where the fuck I'm going with that. I, yeah, again, I blacked out. I I, I will say <clears throat> that yeah, Canada has obviously had a uh, uh, an extreme advantage on any international competition for for a very long time, but. You look at the prospective national teams for America now, and I'm like, damn. I think, I think, I, I America is is right there, if not a little bit better in makeup now. It's kind of the, the top three centers are going to be Matthews, Eichel, and Hughes, and I'm yeah. and I'm and I'm probably forgetting someone in there, but I, I'm just throwing out the top three off the top of my head. Yeah, um, you know. That's those those are pretty solid freaking players. And obviously, like the defense wise, like you got McAvoy, Fox. I mean, hell, those guys are just literally Long Island. They're not even just all American. You know what I mean? Like, um uh, yeah, it's 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 I don't know. I'm I'm just excited because I feel like we've we haven't had an Olympic in a while, like a real Olympic hockey tournament. No. Um sucks. yeah. How long has it been? Anyway. Ten years? What? Well, no, since Russia with when Oshi did it, I feel like Oshi did that like that shootout. Fourteen, right? Well, uh, uh, put yeah. this in perspective 
Connor McDavid has never represented Canada as a professional in an international tournament. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so I, I think it was 16. Because 2020 was supposed to be something and then the COVID, right? What? 14, 20, 20, 20 was COVID. Or 2021 was COVID. No, I, I'm, I'm well aware. Yeah, 2020... Uh, no, I- 2020, they backed. They just the NHL just backed out of doing it. Yeah, it was 2020. They backed out, right? Yeah, yeah. So that means the the previous Olympics was 20, uh, 2016. But wasn't that? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I... No, I don't know. I'm I mean, sure. no, 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 no. 20, 2010, 2010, Canada. I'm, I'm, I'm looking this up. I'm not. Too... 2010, Canada won the gold on the last minute uh, Crosby shot, and then so that would be 2014, and then 2018, uh, and then 2022 they backed out or something like that. 2018, 2022, I don't think they really went. 2010 was uh, the best. Was the best international hockey game ever. Uh, yeah. Other than the Miracle on Ice, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, right. at least for, for 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 fucking me anyway. That shit was amazing. I sometimes think about like when we're like, what happened? I'm like, there's a listener that's like screaming into their car, like it was this year because they know. Have you ever had yeah, that happen? Yeah. Listen to a podcast and the, the the people are like, hey, what was that? I don't know what's going oh, on. There isn't then, one person screaming at us right now. Screaming is, that they know the answer. And I'm like, I it know. Is I'm sorry, fifty percent of us it is right now screaming at us. So. <laughs> I wish we could do a live call in and they could just call in and be like, you fucking idiots. This is the last time it was. And I'm like, oh, thank you, thank you uh, for that. We yeah, we'll, t- we'll we'll take your question off the air. Mm-hmm. All right, so so going back to the Hedo, or rather the Miller projected extension. So I believe, again, I got to look at Cap Friendly again, but I believe you could do a two-year bridge. He's still in RFA, but then I believe, but then he would have arbitration rights. Would you rather that, say a two-year deal, which at maybe 4.5 million, again, he has no arbitration rights. And I, I, I asked Brett uh, a couple of days ago, like, what the hell is stopping a team from saying, screw you, you have no arbitration rights, right? We'll, we'll give you the bare minimum is it's not really how it works because you got to keep a relationship with the agent. Uh, and if you screw around, the player's not going to want to come back next time around. It, it's just these. And, or, you, you, or, you, you, you can't, you can't. Keep, it's also you, you it's have just to, straight up look down upon. It, it's just not, a you know. But that that that's in any business, like treat people well. Don't no, hundred percent. But it was yeah, just like yeah, people yeah. were saying he has no arbitration rights. Okay, give him the bare money. Yeah, and that that's not how it works here. Um, no. You give him an offer, which is not insulting, but still, you know, on the cheaper side. Which is, I mean, let's be realistic here. Is Miller worth four point five million? No, he's worth a lot more than that. But at this time, you know, he doesn't really have leverage. As long as it's not an insulting okay, on, offer. On, on. How much? How much more is he worth? I'm curious. How? How? It's like. If we if salary cap was if salary cap was uh you know gone, what would you resign him for? And it, no arbitration, none of this. Like, how, what is his value to you? I don't think he is worth more right now. Honestly, I agree. Four point five. Like, I think he, I think he will be in a year or two, be worth a hell of a lot more, and maybe in that eight range or whatever. Like, I can project him out in my mind to being worth it, but right now. As he plays, is he more valuable than Lindgren? Honestly, I don't think so. Well, you can't compare it to Lindgren. Lindgren's obviously, you know, a very cheap deal. He's getting way less than he should be. 
No, I get it. I'm just saying, like, in my opinion, like, are you no, 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 he's not. I'm not saying he's worth six million yet. He, will he yeah. one day? Yeah. I, okay. It, it was kind yeah. of a bit of an exaggeration when I said he's worth a lot more because I, I was yeah, kind no. of imagining what he will be. But no, because I, I, the yeah. only reason why I bring that up is because I've heard a lot of people talk about like, oh, Miller's like contract should be huge, and I'm like, I'm like, I, look, I think you could easily get a four-year deal in under or around five million dollars. Well, the reason why you don't do a four-year deal is because then, then, then he's a UFA. But, but uh, it would maybe be okay if it's true what they're saying about the NHL salary cap going all the way up in a couple of years. Well, you also got to look at the, at the rest of the roster after that four years. Yeah, we have uh, everyone comes off basically. I mean, I mean, Panarin's contract is done. Kreider's contract is done. Truba's contract is done. But, but that's the um, frustrating thing. If we had the money now, like. Even though the Cito deal was incredible by Drury, I, I don't know. I, I anyone could do it on Puckpedia. I'm not, you know, a mathematics guy, but it, based on what I've seen, you can't really re-sign Miller. Even if you trade Goodrow in the offseason, you can't really re-sign Miller for that 5.5 million like eight-year deal. You, you can't. You can't do it. It, it. The math doesn't check out. Um, even if you trade Goodrow, and that's the thing. There are so many people like you need. I remember you need two fourth liners, a backup goalie, a third liner, um, a seventh defenseman. Well, really, you could technically bring up Zach Jones, but that's not going to happen. Um, th there's a lot more holes to fill. So I I believe it was – I don't know. I I, I definitely think they could do 4.5. Uh, the poll I put out on the account on Twitter, I was kind of thinking of a long-term contracts, but – yeah, I, it just doesn't seem like it's possible right now. So as long as it's not just an insulting offer and you could get it done, you know? I'll say this. Uh, I know people are saying this is impossible or that's impossible. Uh, about eight weeks ago, I think people were saying it would be impossible to get Kane and Tarasenko. Uh, but then Chris Drury did salary cap yoga and he fit it all in, okay? So, like, I'm, you know, I, I'll we'll, – I, especially with the salary cap going up or not going up, it's it's really hard. Oh, to and it also depends on if, say, I believe it was just the big market teams make deep runs this year, the salary mm -hmm. cap can still go up a little bit this offseason. Like, yeah. If you're a fan of the salary cap going up, you want the Rangers, the Maple Leafs, the Bruins, all those teams making deep runs. I, actually, Although, I don't know I how that's physically I, possible when all of them meet. At, uh, I, I think it's actually – more plausible like you really want i think for hockey to get uh from and uh, this is me talking out of my ass and not knowing anything about hockey and the business operations so basically i'm on the same level as gary bettman but uh <laughs> i think that uh if you want hockey to salary cap to go up and if you want more business all that shit i think you're rooting for a maple leaf ranger semifinal um well, now can't even get I out think of the first round so i don't know about that honestly i i think I, they will this year, though, i think right? i actually think this the year but but then they're just gonna be busted yeah. anyway in the second round no i know i know but i'm just saying like and also this is the thing too like after they get out of that first round is it one of those things where like do does like the ankle weights or like you know that like weighted vest like get torn off and you just start flying is that is that the, the case with the Leafs this year it's like after you get past that like monkey off the back do you just soar um that's a real fucking possibility um 
so I don't know. I mean, I, I think that it's an interesting. Well, well going back uh, to thing. when you asked me about the Miller, what what would you say his value is now? I'm not talking. Forget salary cap, long term, short term. Yeah. What do you think his actual market value is right now? I think uh, it's between four seventy five and like five twenty five. Um. I think I think and that's that's if we're doing like a four year deal. I think that's kind of where he would fit. Um like I like and I'm I was looking at it from the standpoint of I think I was like mimicking I wanna say, and I could be so fucking wrong on this, but I was looking up comparative contracts the other day and I, I believe I, I stumbled upon Shea Theodores. Um and they're not exactly comparable players, but like it's it's a little different because Shea Theodore, I feel like came up a little bit when he was a little bit older. Um, but I feel like money wise, it's it's a similar contract. I th- in, in that range, I think he 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 rests at right now. Like look, look, he's having a great offensive year. Okay, he's he's putting up forty plus points. He'll get to probably about forty five. Um, that's a great season for a defenseman. Um, I think, and I you know. Defensively, love- he's been he's definitely had his like that's the thing. Like he's definitely had his hiccups this year, no question about it. But whenever yes, there's a count. big game on the line, maybe you could probably give me an example or two where he has done that. But remember last year in the playoffs, when things were yeah. on the line, he was arguably like if if obviously there's Fox there, but he was the second best defenseman. Yeah, I look, I I, I think he's a great no, no, I I totally agree with yeah. your assessment. I'm just saying like People yeah. overblow his defensive woes. Like, like, come on, he, he's still what is he? Twenty two, twenty three. I think twenty three. Like, not everyone is Adam Fox, right? Like, right out of the gate, there, Norris. Like, Miller's not ever going to be a Norris, you know, defensive. He might. You know? you know, I'll say this: he, he can't because really, of Adam Fox. He he, he doesn't. No, he no he he really. I feel like he really fucking could win a Norris. Like, he has that level of talent, skating ability offensive ability now you're right with fox on the same team it's going to get he's probably not going to put up those offensive numbers to really put him into that category but like i mean we saw like not 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 on the power play one he's putting up 40 to 45 points again it's it's not only about the points it's about your defensive play which even well not for the norris it isn't doesn't fucking matter no oh no no you're right you're right it does does what about your defense for a defensive award but but what about this? What about this? Like, and I'm I'm just trying to like look. Maybe in four years after Panarin, uh, you know, is is gone, whatever the case is, maybe they actually go to two defensemen on the power play. I don't know. You know what I mean? I know that's like sacrilegious to even say right now. But like, if you have two really good puck moving defensemen, maybe maybe that's what happens. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, and it's, I'm just saying like, no, I'm just it. saying he has he has the ability to win a but Norris. Meaning, but meaning he even if he does, he'll always be like overshadowed because of Fox and not just because the way Fox plays, it's just the name, but I, yeah, it it just doesn't seem like you're right. He has the raw talent. He's, I mean, defensemen like him that are that big, that that are that big and can skate that well. It's an anomaly that it does not exist. No, he's, he's literally, uh, but but by the way, when, when I watch him skate, when I watch him skate, hold on, hold on, hold on. When I watch him skate, do you know what song plays in my head? What song? Patrick Swayze. She's like the wind. 
Um, There's one thing that I just that I wanted to add in about Keandre Miller, uh, just because you were talking about his defensive plays. You know, oh really yeah, right. What, what would you value? I mean, I'd say I'd say give him nine twenty five a year and tell him to you know eat a dick. You know. We need the cap space, buddy. Be a team <laughs> player. I'm sorry. We got to pay Adam Fox like $40 million every year. I'm sorry about that. Maybe if you were Adam Fox, you know. By the way, for some reason, I thought Luca was going to say in four years from now, we don't even know what's going to be the situation with Adam Fox. Adam Fox. I'm like, Luca, it's like 930 in the morning. Give me a break. But I, I, I thought you were going to say yeah. that, but. No, I, I, I love I love Miller. Uh, yeah, I, I would love I'd love to just tell him, like, look, you're an absolute part of our future. You know, just as this is the cap space that we're dealing with with right now. If you want to hold us over a barrel, you know, I mean, he has no leverage. But if you like, if you really want to hold, you know, that you need to make a little bit more money right now, that's fine. We'll do whatever it takes to make you happy. But we, I, I would love for you to take one for the team and know that in if we bridge you in two years, like you're gonna get paid, son. You know. So that's kind of what I'd like to see. Um, it's just people, the most people are also the most saying friendly deal possible because people are also saying the most absurd things. I'm sorry to interrupt. People are saying the most absurd things like, "Oh, you know, like trade him or like you know." Oh, that's absurd. It's, it's the dumbest thing. Like besides all the reasons we've just given about how rare of a player he is. Okay, who, who's your um, second pair of left hand defenseman now? Harper, yeah. Mikola. Yeah, yeah. Good, good luck with that in the playoffs, bud. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree. And the one thing that I just wanted to say about him defensively is that two things can be true at the same time. He is really good at making big stops. He's very good with his stick. He's started to play a little more physical with his body, too, and using his size, which is great. He can come back and make great plays and stop breakaways. All that is very true. When he's active, when he's actively marked a man uh he stays with him and he can get him off the puck he's excellent at that at the same time he still is lacking some defensive awareness and makes some real lapses in the defensive zone when it's like it's like on a rush i trust keandre miller as a defenseman 100 of the time i'm like you're not getting around him good fucking luck so uh, much you're right when it's when it's sustained zone uh you know pressure offensive zone pressure against the rangers he's in the zone i look at him sometimes and i'm like oh my god he's fucking lost right now and he scares me him and truba and truba does the same shit too we're like i'm like do you know where you're supposed to be right now because it doesn't feel like it and then like oh and there's the goal um like what would it kill them for once to try miller and fox and lingering and truba like is that concept just well, like- especially with fucking lingering gone i was like here's the here's the chance and they don't do it but no i just wanted to say that that both things can be true. A player can both be really amazing defensively and really awful defensively. And I feel like that level of nuance, which is not that nuance, is really left out. Of but the stuff. difference between Miller and Truba is you've seen sparks of Miller be good in his defensive zone. Yeah, there are times where it's like, what the hell are you doing? But then yeah. there are also times where he's just, he makes an incredible play in the defensive zone. You know, yeah. like it's shown that he can put it together with Truba. A lot of times, like, hey, bud, what are you actually? You know, you know, we we've been crapping on him a lot the past couple of months. So, I mean, give credit when it's due. He has played much, much better um, as Overall, recent yeah. weeks, and yeah. yeah, and how about that play? Um, the game in Florida, 
the play to Lafreniere. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you got to give Greenwood too. He's picking it up. And if he Truba is. can now be not only a weakness, but an asset to the team, it just makes that team so much more dangerous. Yep. Um, You know, finishing on Keandre, you know, the, his contract really is going to be nothing. It doesn't really matter. Because uh, once he signs his deal with the Chewing Tobacco Company, I think, you know, the sky's the limit for him financially. So he'll be fine. <laughs> Uh, all right, one more thing before we get to um, – I, I got to look at what I got here. But first period, no shows. Do you guys think it's just simply because this team is just – I don't I, I want to say bored's the right word, but it's just like they're just waiting for the regular season to end. And there's no, just – No, and that's, it, it's not – this isn't a new problem. Right, this, that's the thing, though. It's been the this whole happened, season. This is this is a this is an indictment on Gerard Glant, okay? Because he has never had this team prepared for any fucking game all goddamn season long. There's been like literally single digit games where we came out hot. You know, um, this is the same shit last year. Yeah, you know, absolutely. He is not, and, and that's what the I only mean. Times where we like, do come out hot is versus. Nashville or the the one of the bad teams where we pull up like four goals in the first 10 minutes. And then after that, you know, but even then he has problems. I mean, yeah, he's not going to, and by his own fucking admission, he says that he leaves a lot of that stuff up to the team leaders, you know, the players and whatnot, and that he doesn't get involved in that sort of thing. And, and you know, that's why I, I'm just so dubious of, of anything that he adds value wise. I don't think he does anything particularly well. And, he can coast uh i mean he has one of the most talented teams that's been assembled in the modern era right now and like he, I, he can't get him motivated he doesn't know how to do that i don't think he responds very well either i think it's honestly it feels like the players are like all right we need to fucking step it up you know i i, I don't see him i never see him on the bench ever like fucking really doing the thing i see other coaches doing you yeah. know where it's like they're clearly you know, talking to the guys and, and letting them know what they need. You see, like a coach of pissed them. off and just goes on a rant saying, the hell Yeah, you yeah. Like, I don't, I don't see that. I, I see him, yeah. I see him shrugging a lot. You know, but the reason why I'm not that concerned is the reason Luca has said is that when the playoffs came around last year, they got it together. Now, yeah, versus Pittsburgh, there was a bit of a mess in the first, after the really game one, there was yeah. a a mess for two or three games, but you also didn't have Lindgren, who was kind of like keeps this defense, you know, organized. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know that. That's why, like, honestly, this could go two ways for me. Is that in, really this kind of the only two scenarios? But what I see happening in the playoffs is the Rangers only change or try to fix stuff based off a reactionary reason or. They learn it the hard way. It isn't that they understand what's going on and they try to fix it before it gets to that point, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like the first game versus the Devils in the playoffs could be kind of a rude awakening for them. And then that's when they come back in game two and then just show the Devils, you know, what it's like to be in the playoffs. Well, and also, thing, I, I'll go ahead. Go the ahead. Thing that, the thing that was interesting about the Devil game this week was because, like, I actually personally would have wanted the Rangers to muddy the ice more in this game. Um, like I wanted to see them play more like right off the bat. We're talking about that first period. Like I want to see the Rangers do what the devils did actually. And like the devils like muddied the center of the, uh, you know, the neutral zone 
The Rangers were constantly trying to make fucking crazy passes in neutral, and that was just like feeding into the Devils uh, first period. Um, I think that like I, I, I really think that like in a way it's just like oversimplify things in the like right off the bat because like they, I feel like they 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 were trying to do if we're looking at playoffs and obviously in that game in particular like they looked like they were just trying to like way too much like be like fancy about shit um which is exactly which what Valcat was saying yeah playing Instagram hockey yeah which this team too you know they were looking for the perfect play in the playoffs I like bounces happen it's a freaking hardened rubber weird ob- weirdly shaped object hidden by composite sticks which bodies get in the way of like bounces are gonna happen shoot it to the shoot it at the net like you know it, all this stuff happens and they're just looking for the perfect play and j- just freaking shoot it you never know what's gonna happen and you don't always shoot to score you shoot for rebounds well I, and and you're absolutely right and the thing that i think that this again points back to is that this isn't a player personnel issue necessarily I mean, this is been this has been a problem all year long, where our entire offensive zone possession is based around cycling the puck around the boards, around the boards, around the boards, cycle, 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 cycle. Maybe try one cross ice pass, and oh, and even if they one. do try to pass to the middle or or throw it on net, no one's there. No one's no one's there. I I I've been screaming at my fucking TV going. I, if we just had if we had the wingers fucking just posted on either side, would there, there be wide open net goals every fucking game? There would be, and I don't understand it. And, and so, but that's that's a system thing because that is obviously what Gallant wants. He's like he wants to have a lot of offensive zone time. He wants to move in the puck around. That's not just the players tried trying to be fancy. I mean, that is a problem, and they need to have more shoot shoot first focus. Absolutely. But that's something that, is, that they've been doing all year long. So obviously that's by design. That's not an accident. That's not just because they all refuse to to go to the net or to drive to the net or to shoot the puck and go for rebounds. That's like a very system. I've never seen a team that is so content to do nothing in the offensive zone but just cycle it around, cycle it around. It's like the most boring offensive zone possessions I've well, ever if seen. If they don't yeah, have a clean – I hate watching it. If they don't have a clean one-timer, they won't do it like – battle through it like you know if someone's trying to hold your stick down with theirs like you know just try to fight it off and shoot it like if it's not that perfect play they won't do it and literally majority of the goals you score in the playoffs are not instagram hockey goals it's it's, no that's open ice regular season hockey and like the stuff that tarasenko does I, i know i'm a broken record when i say that but it's just like the stuff he does where he cuts to the middle in the rough areas and creates plays like other players have to do that type of stuff. And I'm, I'm, I mean, even though he has been pretty, he's taken a step up, but Tro, guys like Trocek, underratedly Hedl has, has been doing that. I, I You took the words right out of my mouth. I, I was going to say the, the guys on the team that, that actually do that is, is Trocek and Hedl. They're like the only ones that, that actually, and Mika does sometimes, but Mika's, I don't know what's with him sometimes. He, he, he has the ability to do that, but he doesn't exercise it very often. Those other three guys do. They at least one of the things that really bothers me is just how many times it's like, oh, the defense is backing up, but we're still just gonna like ring it around the boards and go for a 50-50 possession. I'm like, 
you had room to skate it in and maybe try to make a move past these guys. But again, right, they don't like, even you, want to handle those one on ones. Huh? They don't even want to handle those one on ones. They don't. No, you know, they, no, they don't. But like Heedle and Trocheck, they do. They try it. Right. And exactly. It works a fair amount too. They get they get opportunities that way. Right. And, and like, if once in a while they, you know, they turn over, great. Try it again. Like it's not going to work every time, but they keep on trying it. These other places, like try it once, and it's like, all right, we tried it. But you know, like, but the thing is, like, this team is so talented. They might just be able to get away with it. it. As crazy as that sounds, that's how talented this team is. And as Lucas said, when, when the when the time came for them to step up, they stepped up. So you know, all right. Yeah, and we and we have Igor who who can just say you're not. Yeah, and we have tonight. Igor. So as long as you have Shesty, then you go in. Yeah, just simple as that. Um, yeah. Okay, I think that's. Kind of wraps it up there. Luca, top five, what do you got? All right, our top five this week, which I almost threw out to you just now, a different top five like that I was just thinking of, but I think I'll save it for next week. Our top five this week is going to be top five 16-game players in the NHL currently. Obviously, there's a uh, a top five. Uh, you could probably come up with a really, really cool list of like 16-game players historically um, that have – you know, went on like and won many cups. You know, first 16 game player for people who are listening is players who show up, not necessarily stars. They could be a star, but, you know, 16 game players are people, and I could be completely wrong, but, you know, Berkey can kind of uh, elaborate on this as well. But 16 game players are people who uh, show up and do all the necessary gritty things to win in the playoffs. Um, you know, take, it's like take a, it a step plot, further. Like, like, yeah, like Claude Claude Lemieux is like the is like literally the poster child for a sixteen game player. I feel like is that not also right? Clutch. Yeah, like you got to be clutch. You got to have that uh, ability to kind of turn it up in the playoffs and not necessarily a star. Although I do have some stars on here that are just, um, you know, possibly, uh, you know, they they they're stars. But yeah. Um, I'm going to go – and, you know, some of them are stars for me, um, obviously, but at this point of their career, I feel like this guy's um, – and maybe I'm projecting it a little bit too because he's already played in the playoffs a lot. He went to a Stanley Cup final. Uh, Joe Pavelski. Um, I feel like he's going to have a really big playoff this year for the Dallas Stars. Um, he's just one of those, like – I think he's the oldest-born American player right now still playing. Uh, he's, at least he's the most productive right now. Um, I've always loved his game. Um, and he's just so those, those gritty clutch goals, the tips in front of the net are the stuff that really kind of, uh, stand out in the playoffs and take your team to the next round. Uh, so my number five is going to be Joe Pavelski. Big Joe Pavelski. All right. Uh, it's a good one. I like that. Um, I hate my list. I'm just going to say it. It's it's a hard list because there's like no parameters, really. Right. Like, it's not. Are you talking about stars? But like even those depth def, uh, players that are 16 game players still don't match those stars. But it's like it's a different type of description. Like yeah, those stars are stars, but who turns it up a notch in the playoffs and is clutch? You know. And it's also a bit of a projection too. Like like you know like Pavelski was a star, but he's on the back like nine of his career right now, so he's not a star anymore. But like I still feel like. 
he's super, super important and productive to that team. And he's, he's, still, that he's still so productive. Yeah. As well, too. I mean, it's crazy. Uh, I mean, I, I hate my list because like uh, there's just a several begrudging sort of, yeah, Pavelski, he's got 70 points this year in 76 games. He's still basically a point per game player. That's just nuts at 38 years old. He's the he same age. He had one bad year. He had one bad year. And then like ever since. Yeah. It's he just had one nuts. bad year. And then in Montreal, uh, the finals, not versus Montreal, what am I saying? Versus Tampa. He had a incredible run. And then I think went back to his old form. Yeah. All right, so who do you, who do you got at number five? Anyway, so like I I I'm like when I think of like guys that are just always there and I think are just always a threat and always turn up and are just constantly swirling around, fucking scoring goals, making plays happen out of nothing, being a menace, fucking licking people's noses. It's fucking Brad fucking Martian. I fucking hate I him do. with passion. Uh, I hate I him. I, yeah. I but have, he I is. He's like the too. definition, right? Yeah, he really is. And he he's he's a star, but he's one of those guys who transcends uh like being a star and is also just a nasty, mean pain His in the style fucking ass. is perfect for playoffs. For, uh, yeah. for, mm-hmm. As yeah. as much as we hate him, you, you gotta, you know. He's like he's like Matt Zuccarello on fucking speed. No, meth. Sure. Well. Yeah, yeah, meth and speed are kind of the same thing. Yeah, yeah, and they can also not be too, but we won't make yeah. this a drug podcast. Yeah, um, I mean, that's semantics, you know. Alrighty, um, I, I'm I'm already making excuses for myself. Another top five. I'm already. Making oh, is this another blind side? I, another, another, no, no. Okay, so I gave I, I gave you I gave you the freaking I gave you it like two days ago. All right, no, 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 no but I, I I told you before the pod my list is gone. I put it in my notes on my iPhone, oh, and now no, it's not no. here. And I'm scrolling like through my recently deleted. Like, did I delete this, or is it in a notes that I already had something written so it doesn't pop out unless I press it? But I do remember my 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 number five though was. Brad Brad Marchand, um, sure, yeah, uh, it is is Moltzvitz <laughs> perfectly for the playoffs. Just physicality, skill, all that, and these concepts of grit are so overblown. But there is a hundred percent merit to it. There is a hundred percent, you know, it matters in some aspects, uh, especially in the playoffs, and you know, that's his game. Yeah. Um, my number four, I'm going to go with the guy who was really, really pivotal to uh Stanley Cup champion team a few years ago. Uh, and uh, he also moonlights as a singer, uh, Yanni Gord. Mm. He, I mean, he's he's one of those guys, obviously, that like every team would love to have. Um, you know, he's he's not he's not the star of the Kraken, but he he is us. He really is a, a pivotal part of that team, obviously. Um, and I mean, if you go back to the lightning run, um, you know, that, that third line was, was just, you know, so pivotal to their, their cup win. I was he there for two or he only there for one of them. Um, I can't remember, but he was really, really important to both of them. Uh, but yeah, Yanni Gore is my number four. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that one. Um, another player that I just absolutely fucking loathe. 
and I hate his face. I mean, I just see his face, and I and I hate if it. If you say this wanna, player again, it's going to make me look so bad when I say it. I want to. I want to punch it. I've wanted to punch it from the moment he joined the league many many years ago. And there was one moment in my life where I just loved him, and so he has a special place in my heart for the 2010. Oh gosh. Now but, it, copying but you have to have Sidney Crosby. God I mean, he is, it, man. He's, he's you couldn't have waited one more. <laughs> God dang it. He's the definition of a 16-game player as much as I hate it. As I hate him. I goddamn do I hate him. I'm so sick of him, and I can't wait for him to retire and get out of this league instead of the league and stop ball-washing him every two damn seconds. I hate him. I They're going to be a totally irrelevant game to him, and then they're just talking about him. Yeah, they will. It's will happen. It's like, all right, Adam Fox scored a goal on Linus Holmark. How's <laughs> what do you think of Crosby, folks? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's nothing. Um, okay, you know what? I'm not doing Crosby this round because you know I'm not. You know, there's I'm not comparing this guy obviously to Brad Martian. This is kind of a bit out of order for me because I'm trying to remember the ones that I wrote. But one I did wrote was Octory Lectin. Okay, he's not a star. Well, I- He's not a star, you know. He's not a crazy point producer, but he's clutch. You know, he turns it up. Yeah, he, he had a huge playoff last year. Yeah, but he he also had clutch goals. He, no, both no, his yeah, goals I'm in overtime great. sent them to the finals. So yeah, no, he he's kind of the definition of a 16 game player. It's just the version that's not a star. Yeah. Uh, my number three is Arturi Lekin, and so you're lucky that you got that one. Okay, 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 okay. Because if wow. I would have said, it's a good thing I switched. Because if I would have said Crosby, and then the yeah. next round Arturi Lekin, yeah, I feel that, like that, that, that would have been bad. Yeah, yeah, no, it would have been it would have been funnier that way though. <laughs> number three is going to be Arturi Lekin for me, uh, for all the same reasons that Berkey had mentioned. Uh, but yeah, that that's really it. Guys, the guys felt in the playoffs. Yeah, that's a good pick. Um, my number three is going to be Chris Cry. No, I'm joking. Are you fucking kidding me? He's a definition of not a 16 game player. That guy, that guy vanishes so fast, and uh, I mean, I love him, but no, I'm not picking him. No, my number three is going to be Braden Point. Oh, um, screw you. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry that I'm heading. Yeah, you're you're making me look right. terrible. Right I, now. I can't help that I'm being right right now, and these are just objectively good picks. I'm sorry about that. No, well, no that's uh, the problem. Yeah. I mean, he is. He just he's he's that guy, especially in the playoffs. Uh I mean, last year was a little different because he was hurt. Um, but uh healthy Braden Point is, is just one of those guys that just like he's gonna outwork you and he has enough skill to back it up. Um, he's just an absolute menace out there. So yeah, that's my pick. Well, you know, I was going to say Braden Point because he's probably arguably one of the best 16-game players in the league right now, if not the best, I, I believe. I don't remember if it was last year or the year before. Uh, he broke a record for longest point streak or he yeah. had, like, the most oh, like points. That. But I, I'm not doing that because, you know, you ruined it. So one of the ones I was going to say, I, I was kind of on the fences about this because I was wondering if it was more of the player he's with or maybe it's just for the Rangers, he's just a monster against, would be Gensel. Mm, that's a good uh, pick. That that would be my guy, but my question is, is it just, you know, when he plays the Rangers, you know, he just decides, screw you? Or no, it... no, he, he he's that guy. No, he is. 
for that's sure. Probably, and I, also I think, how much? Yeah, how much of it? I, I thought about having him on my list. So yeah, yeah. So that that's kind of my guy, Gensel. Obviously, that's your, that's your third is Gensel. Obviously, that high stick uh, should not have counted, even though it was really really cool goal last plans. But you know, water under the bridge. Yep. Um, we don't hold, we don't hold grudges on this podcast. Uh, no, number two not. for me and. Number two for me, and obviously, like you could rank any of these players however you want. Um, he might be a little high on my list, but I think we saw. Look, every player on this list has gone to a final except for this player. Um, made a deep run last year, but I think we saw the importance of this guy and the way he plays last year. I'm gonna go Ryan Lindgren. Um, obviously, like this is a a list like 16 game players. Like you think about like offensive players that are gritty, the punching goals and put up some points much you know in crucial points but uh for me Lindgren last year was everything that we needed him to be in the playoffs um you know he obviously it's interesting you say that one though because I have one I don't have him but I've won you know it's the same old yeah it's you know he's not one of the sexy picks for this um but I feel like I needed to get a defenseman in there and uh you know I thought about Tarasenko because just watching the way he plays uh, the past month, I'm like, he actually fits perfect in the playoffs. And I, I kind of forgot how uh, – for, kind of forgot about his game a little bit, obviously, after that 2019 uh, cup run. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to go Lindgren here at number two. All right. Um, I should say I, I didn't really rank these all that well. Um, so Not, I, I don't uh, – uh, yeah, I, I like my number two is I don't think is better than than my four and five at all. And I'm going to throw a little curveball out here because this guy hasn't even made a deep playoff run. Uh, but I think he is going to be a, a Braden Point-esque uh, 16-game player going forward in the future. And man, historically, I do not like, did not like the Dallas Stars, uh, but they have so many players on their team now that I really, really like. And as yeah. soon as Jamie Ben is off that team, I will love them. But I hate Jamie Ben so much. I fucking hate him. Um, but I think who's going to be a perennial 16-game player going forward for this excellent Dallas Stars team is going to be Robo, Jason Robertson. That guy yeah. is disgusting. I mean, he's got 97 points in 76 and 76 games this year. If you wow. watch Dallas play, he is like he is that guy for sure. And it's amazing. He's 23 years old putting this stuff up. Like, he's going to be, for the next decade, that guy dragging teams deep into the playoffs because he can just turn it on and score at will. Yeah. Um, so uh, a little bit of an odd pick because he hasn't actually done it, but he's going to. So that's my pick, number two. Um. Yeah. Number two for me is kind of the same thing that Luca was saying. Ryan McDonough. Uh, yeah, I like just, that one defensively turns it up a notch and underratedly offensively does these little things that they actually analyzed really well last um, year when they were playing the Rangers, like they were showing all these little things. And also the year before they were showing, and also when they played the Islanders, that all these little things that may not add up to the points, but they're the reasons behind those goals. And yeah, yeah it, he's as usual, he's always underrated. And Tampa finally learned how underrated he was when he left in that huge gaps there now. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't blame them because they had so many, they had, their, their salary cap is all fucked, you know, but like I, it's, it's tough, but I mean, I feel like 
Um, I, I couldn't couldn't agree with you more. I actually completely forgot about him because I was really only looking at players who are going to be playing this year in the playoffs. But you're completely right. He's so fucking good in the playoffs. Um, my number one is going to be someone that you both already mentioned, Brad Marchand. I mean, the guy, he's – I feel like you could also just, like, put, like, Brad Marchand, Bergeron, uh, Krejci. Like, you could throw in, like, three or four different Boston Bruins into this mix. Um, you know, it, it's – like, Mar- uh, Bergeron is, like, just, like, the quintessential, like, playoff player, like, Wins like sixty percent of his face-offs. You know what I mean? Marshawn is so freaking good, so gritty, uh, such a fucking pain in the ass to play against. So it could really could be any of them, but I, I mean, gonna go Marshawn just for the licking aspect that he brings to the table. Yeah, we don't need to say anything more about him. We've been too nope. nice. No, no, no. Yeah, if someone has to throw something negative. I okay. feel like that's. Well, you know what? You know, you know why he's not a 16 game player, though, in actuality. Is he's going to get suspended for at least one or two games? Uh, well, not, that's a good point. No, because he's going to he's going to make the worst line change ever at the end of a period to let uh, to let a team uh, score a goal with five seconds left. That's what happened like three years ago. And that was like the yeah. thing ever. He made like the laziest, worst line. I'm like, there was five seconds left in the period. And you make this horrible line change. And it ends up letting them score. Oh, it was amazing. Anyway, my number one. And I, I just think that this is, uh, 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 it's like the most boring opinion you could possibly express, but it's Kale McCarr. Um, yeah. You know, it's like, uh, uh North. what did, what did uh-huh. they, what they say last year in the Stanley Cup, they said, "What well, you know? What, what do you? What would you say to building a Stanley Cup team?" And they said, "Find yourself a Kale McCarr." You know, that's what the team said. You know, and it's it's kind of rare to hear somebody be talked in in that way by by guys that are just like unbelievable themselves, like McKinnon and Ranton and uh, you know, their whole team is fucking phenomenal. But that he stands out even among that class of player is disgusting. Um, and he's an every game guy. And I, I think, I mean, as much as I love Adam Fox and, and and as much as I love everyone else on this on this team, I mean, if you were building a team to go on a deep playoff run, the f- first player that anyone should select right now, I think, is Kale McCarr. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like the Kale McCarr versus Adam Fox argument. It is it, as much as I love Fox, as much as you know he's one of the fan favorites. Mikhail McCarr is more ten times more dynamic offensively. He has incredible skating. That's the yep. one, the only one or two weaknesses. Not weaknesses because even at his worst, it's better than majority of the league. Uh, is his shot, which he doesn't even though he doesn't have a hard shot, he has those like smart shots for deflections or like that Shattenkirk type of shot where he tries to get through traffic. Yeah. Uh, and then the other thing is with, you know, he he, he doesn't have the greatest skating. And with Kamal Cars, you know, it's not close. He, he's more dynamic offensively. The one thing you can say is defensively, Anna Fox is better. But, but yeah, besides that, you want to build your team around a guy like Kamal Carr. Um, I am literally scrolling here trying to find my number one because I don't, I listen, I don't want to mention any stars. And I wanted to kind of get that one underrated person in. But no, I cannot seem Carl Hagman. (laughs) Um, 
this guy used to be a 16 game player, but I, I, I'm going to be honest. I don't remember how he played last year. Uh, he doesn't put up the points, but he does all these things so well in the regular season. And then he takes it up a notch was a guy like Jesper Fast. You know what I'm talking about? Like he doesn't put up the points, but he does everything so well, but you know, it's screwed. I, I'll just go with another star player. Cause why the hell not? is um nathan mckinnon i kind of gives the obvious because it's kind of david but nathan mckinnon does all these little things very very well uh he can get a bit more physical uh and then again as we said grid is very overused turn but you know there is still uh merit to it and yeah fits the bill and that's pretty much it i i feel like that's the frustrating thing like obviously my list is also not in order but i feel like we're missing that one or two like known depth players that people are screaming at us, you know. Well, then take it to fucking Twitter and bitch at us. <laughs> That's fine. It's fucking, you know, you know. No, but but it's bothering it's me because this I, is I, the I stuff I really look into is those sixteen game players, and then now it's just blanking on me. But all right, whatever. Um, I believe that is all. Um, unless Brett, you got anything else? No, I'm good. No. All righty. So, yeah, thanks to the listeners. Uh, it was kind of an all-over-the-place episode. Hope you enjoyed. And, yeah, we'll see you soon.